0: This section, this morning, is focusing on a scene that is introductory and that opens like a curtain to give us an opportunity to look into heaven. How many of you have ever been to heaven? (laughs) Well, we're as close as we ever get to heaven here. If you come here, particularly you for the first time, You're close to heaven. That's not to say MCC is heaven. (laughs) No, but when you come together as the body of Christ, we come as close as we can to heaven. Other than being like John, who was the whole thing opened up to him as a a great panoramic picture, and more than a picture, it was an experience of being in the scenes of heaven. John saw. John saw with the same eyes like we have. Yes, he was in the Spirit, but he saw these things that we're going to read about. So can we kind of surf off of John's experience? We're sharing his experience. This is the Word of God. It is not something out of someone's imagination. Yeah, we can read other passages of Scripture and we have some kind of an idea by the words that are saying, but but these are picture words that we're seeing in this book, this scroll. And they're very important things for us to put ourselves into that place where he was. Okay? John's Patmos vision. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and because of the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned and I see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet and girded across his chest was a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man and he placed his right hand on me saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. And I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Therefore, write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands are the seven churches john hears jesus john sees jesus and then john worships jesus father we ask you to help us to look through the eyes of our dear brother john and that we also would be able to see jesus here this morning in his words taken into our hearts and our spirits and that we would come out of this scene worshiping you we pray in the name of our savior jesus amen so john hears jesus he says i john your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which is in jesus was on the island called patmos your brother and fellow partaker john was one of the 12 disciples do you know what kind of a disciple he was? What's the description of John, the disciple, that someone might know? In fact, he even wrote it about himself. He might have been the one of the youngest of the disciples. We don't know. But when he wrote, he said he was the disciple that Jesus loved. Do you think that's impudence? Oh. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Well, I don't think that was his attitude. What his attitude was? Oh, that Jesus could love me. Do you have that sense in your heart? That Jesus loves you. How many have ever sung that song? Yes, Jesus loves me. You know, that is a very, 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 very famous song. And it's the Sunday school (laughs) song. We knew a a man years and years ago. Maybe I've told you about Hamano sensei. Before he was a sensei, before he was famous in Japan, he was in the war. He was in China. And his unit had been overcome by the Russians. And he was wounded. But men were dying all around him. He, at that time, remembered a song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, in China. And that song came to him because he had learned it in a Sunday school when he was a young boy. That came to his mind. And he said, if you get me out of here, I want to follow you. Well, he came back to Japan, miraculously. He was saved from dying, came back to Japan, and he became friends with some uh, military people, and he learned about Yakyu baseball, from these American guys, and he loved the sport. And he became the Japanese man who started Little League Baseball in Japan. But he didn't know Jesus. I don't know how he got to with where we knew him and met him, but one day he walked by our church and he heard some singing. And he was reminded about that time he was on the battlefield and heard, yes, Jesus loves me. And so we walked into the church. And I remember standing about like this to the door <laughs> of our church. And he kind of looked around the corner. He was, he was about 80 years old at that time. And he just kind of looked into the chapel. And I saw him, and I just went like this. And he came in and sat down in one of the pews in the back. And so then, after the service, he told us this story. And we talked to him about Jesus. And he received Jesus Christ. He was baptized. Two years later... He passed away. But he had told us about his experience, so we knew all of this, of him being involved with Little League Baseball. He was an amazing guy. But he was saved. He came to know, yes, Jesus loves me. How many of you know that? How many of you think that way about yourself? Come on. Come on. Jesus loves me this i know why because the bible tells me so john was not boasting i'm the disciple that jesus loves no he was saying the disciple that jesus could love you can read it a couple of ways right that's why we all should look at it oh man This is such a privilege to know his love. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker. That doesn't sound proud. That means we're in this together. He followed Jesus. And later on, just as Jesus was about to return to heaven, Jesus challenged Peter and said, follow me. Do you love me? And Jesus kept persisting with that question to Peter And Peter says, what about him? pointed to John. Well, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus said, no, Peter, I'm talking to you. Don't worry about John. If I was to have him live forever, what is that to you? And so the rumor got around, John is not going to die. Well, that wasn't true, because John did die. We owe so much to John the Apostle. A gospel, three letters, and this book of Revelation. He is a fellow partaker with us, a brother, not any greater than any of us. But he has suffered in tribulation. He has fought for the kingdom of God. He has persevered. He followed Jesus to the end and was on the island called Patmos, which was an exile place, a small little rock, about three acres or so. Small island is where John was in exile off the coast of Greece. Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, the word of God was really precious to John. It was his whole life. Can you imagine? Didn't write in a book, by the way, It was a scroll, but the NASB says it was a book. But he wrote in a scroll concerning the things that he saw. Because of the word of God, he was being imprisoned and the testimony of Jesus. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. In the Spirit, I believe, is what all of us as believers in Jesus Christ are, Sometimes people use, well, I was in the Spirit and I saw. Or I was in the Spirit and I felt. Or I was in the Spirit and it was such a exhilarating feeling. No, in the Spirit means he was walking in the Spirit. He was listening to the Lord. That's what it means to us as believers in Jesus Christ. We should know when we're believing and walking in him that we are in the Spirit. Because that's what Jesus gave us as his promise was the Holy Spirit. You're not a believer in Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. He is at work in your life, even when you're not conscious of it, because he's been given to us as a deposit, as a person who is living in us and moving in us and we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the biggest gift of the Holy Spirit is that we have come to the Father. We have come through Jesus Christ, and he is living in us. The problem is, some of us have got so much distraction in our lives and our hearts that we need to clear some of these things out and realize, I have been bought with a price. I have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit by the fact that I know Jesus Christ. He wants to fill me. And so it's like a glass, and it's got rocks in it, and you pour water in it. Is it full of water? Is that glass full of water if it has some rocks in it? No. You've got to take the rocks out and pour in more water. And when those rocks are taken out, you have water, and it's full because it's been filled. That's what it means in our life. And so when you have things in your life that we know that they're not of the Spirit, you get on the internet and you see some of these things, it's as far away from the Spirit as you could get because He's a Holy Spirit. And we let those things come into our life. Or there are things that we do and practice that were not in the Spirit. They're of the world. And we let the world in And it detracts and takes away from the filling of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know what? We don't need to condemn ourselves. We just need to confess and say, Lord Jesus, give me more of your Holy Spirit to fill that stuff that I just took out that I don't want anything to do with. I want to follow you wholeheartedly so that I am full of the Holy Spirit. That takes obedience. And just as you came to Jesus for the first time, it is the second time, the third time, the fourth time, I come to you and receive your life. And these things that should not be there, I take out. And I throw it in the trash can where it belongs. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he was focused. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of, of a trumpet. Okay, there's a a fellow in our congregation right now who knows what this sound of a trumpet is like. Mal, tell us, what is this trumpet that he heard? It's It's in Hebrew, it's a shofar, it's a ram's horn, and there were different blasts. Uh, There's three different main blasts that they use to signify different things. And uh, on the Day of Trumpets, they blow it a hundred times, and the last one is known as the last trumpet. It's a real long one. Which is just finished, so you've got nearly another, almost another year to relax. So. Okay, when did it finish? This Last week, right? It yeah, w- yeah, was, was the Feast of Trumpets. Yeah, uh huh. And they blew the last trumpet sunset, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're safe now. Okay. Thank you, Mel, for that part of the message. You know, this shofar is ancient, ancient, ancient. It is. I looked it up on the internet. You know, it's, you can find out a lot of things about in the inter- internet. But anyway, the shofar is a ram's horn, and it's an incredible sound. He said it was a loud sound. But he heard a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. Can you imagine a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet? That's what John heard. The word like is mentioned nine times in the book of Revelation. Like, like, like. It's as if, or this is an illustration. It wasn't, but it was like a trumpet saying, write in the book what you see and send it to the seven churches. And these seven churches are actual churches. And when we get into this, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at these churches and what kinds of things were going on in those churches. And we could throw MCC into this mix. There are things that God can say, I like that. And God says, I don't like that. Is there a perfect church? Is there a perfect church? No. I mean, if you want to go to a perfect church, Go to it, but as soon as you go there, it's not going to be a perfect church because you're there. And that's what's wrong with us here at MCC is I'm here and I'm not perfect. You'll never find a perfect church. And none of these churches, some of them were good and good things. In fact, Jesus had good things to say about every one of them except that one but that we'll talk about that later and we need to know that the composite of who we are here is the body of Christ makes up that congregation that's what's so important about your walk in Christ that's what's so important about my walk in Christ we need to look at ourselves in those terms that we need to be walking together and sharpening one another and encouraging one another, stimulating one another, the Bible says, to love and good works. We saw Jesus walking among the lampstands. Then I turned and saw a voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. Just quickly, John heard Jesus speaking to him, a voice. And he saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, the one that he saw, the voice, I saw one like a son of man. He stood out because he was clothed in a robe reaching to the feet. It was a priest's robe. Covered his whole body went even down to his feet. He saw a priest. He saw the high priest. He saw Jesus, our high priest and intercessor. In the middle of the lampstands was one like a son of man. Jesus, the man of heaven, clothed with a robe down to his feet. John saw him as the high priest, the most high priest girded across his chest with a golden sash. That was the giveaway. That is what the high priest did once a year going into the Holy of Holies. He took in the blood of the sacrificed lamb and he offered it on behalf of the people of God. He was the high priest and Jesus is the high priest. And he had the giveaway of what a priest was to wear. Look at it in Leviticus sixteen four. He shall put on the holy linen tunic, the linen undergarments shall be next to his body, and he shall be girded with a linen sash, and attired with a linen turban. These are holy garments. And his head and his hair were like white wool, actually more like snow. I asked the question this past week as I was studying why is snow white? What, what is snow? What is snow? Crystallized, it's crystallized solid, solid drop of water. It's crystallized, and it floats down. If you look at it under a microscope, it is not white. You'll see different colors in it, but it's not white. But when other snowflakes kind of clump together, and when it lands on the trees, It's white because it is reflecting the light. Each one of those is reflecting the light and you see colors. But when they clump together, all of those colors together make the color white. We think of white as a color. White is not a color. White is a compilation of all the colors in the rainbow. That's what happens. And that's what it is. And that was the description that John had in seeing the Most Holy One. His hair was like white as snow, pure snow. He is the truth. He is the way. This one that we worship, Jesus, is full of truth and light. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. I'm sure when Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter was kind of trying to look away. But John was wanting that eye contact. Jesus has eyes that can look right through us and see our hearts. His feet were like burnished bronze. What does bronze speak of? What is burnished bronze? Burnished bronze has gone through suffering. It's been etched and worked together to bring out its... Bronze is quite beautiful, but it's not gold. But it is a very solid, bimetallic material. And his feet were like burnished bronze. Jesus suffered on our behalf. He went through judgment and was tested. And those feet went through the fire and his voice was like the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword." We talked about the two-edged sword. That was a fighting dagger that the Roman soldiers had. It wasn't the big saber. It was a two sides of it. It was a dangerous tool you could cut yourself very easily. And it was for fighting, close hand-to-hand combat. What does the Bible say about itself? It's like a two-edged sword, cutting, piercing our hearts. Out of Jesus' mouth came a two-edged sword, a fighting sword. And his face was like the sun shining in its strength. And what have we talked about in the past? The face of God. Do you see an angry face in the face of God? Or do you understand that he wants to look in your face for you to hear, I love you. I gave myself for you. You are my precious treasure. His face was like the sun shining in its strength. And what does that do for a child who hears the father saying to him? What does that child hear? My dad loves me. He cares about me. And what is it when we share closely with a friend and those we love and we smile and we say, we're praying for you this week. It strengthens us. It builds us. Let Jesus shine through you, through your face, to other people this week. That's what Jesus has done for us. John worships Jesus. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. Can you imagine seeing Jesus? And I was thinking about that this week. And the sensation that I have, I can understand, John, If you saw Jesus right now physically, you couldn't stand before him. Do you have that sense? And he placed his right hand on me. Strong right hand. Do you feel and know his strength and right hand on you? And says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. And then he instructs John, therefore write the things which you have seen and the things which are, and the things that will take place after these things. As for the mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. These angels, who are they? And the seven lampstands are the seven churches. What do we understand from these two statements? Okay, there's angels. Is there an angel of MCC? Have you ever seen the angel of MCC? Well, as I interpret it, God has put on my heart and my calling to be an angel. Oh, You don't look like an angel. You don't act like an angel. But that's the way God sees. One who is giving out the word of God is responsible. I'm a pastor. I'm a gift to this church. You know what that brings to my heart? Fear trepidation. Every Sunday, I sense I have a responsibility here. And I thank you for your prayers and for your confidence. It is a heavy responsibility, but you know what? As we've said many times, we love being here at MCC. And we pray for the Japanese church right now because they're without a pastor. Pray for that angel to come. There is a search committee that has already begun meeting and they're praying about a pastor for the Japanese service. Pray for them, would you? This is very important. Jesus put a lot of responsibility on pastors, leaders of the church. I'm not much of an angel. But if Jesus calls me that, to that, I want to be that to you. And I want some of you to become angels as well. This is the best I could do for this portion. Now as we go into talking about some of the issues that are in the church, we ask God to give us wisdom. Would you pray for me as we continue in this series on, on Revelation? This isn't just, well, we're going to study this book. God has to speak to our lives and our hearts. And I trust that he's spoken to you today. This is his calling. We are called together as the body of Christ. And we're to be stimulating one another and bringing one another along in the way of the truth so that we can live out our Christian life in this country that he's brought us to wherever he's called you. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you as his loved one, the one he cares about. And may he lift up his countenance. May he give you the Holy Spirit to be able to be in you throughout this week. And he'll come with his peace to you. Receive that blessing. The Lord bless you, each one. Amen.